Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Aha! Damn! Back of the net. Monkey tennis? In no way, you big spastic, you're a mentalist! Damn! Don't know how's the noise. Monkey tennis? I got, uh, really drunk last night. Sick everywhere. Monkey tennis? Uh, minor criticism. More distance between the eggs and the bean. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. You're unpacking. Basically, beef tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Can I have a glass of water, please? Hello everyone and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. This week we're going to be raking through yet more of your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Nobody listens to Radio 4. I want to be on the telly. Nick Older. There's no getting away from it, Tommy. Sometimes Simon and I can be outrageous. And Tom Stab. No offence, Lynn, but technically your life is not worth insuring. So... Uh, let's start with Alan News before we get on to uh, feedback. Uh, we mentioned on Twitter recently that uh, none other than Felicity Montague, a.k.a. beloved Lynn Benfield, is going to be on the new series of Celebrity Masterchef. Uh, I'm not totally sure. I don't think that's gone out yet, has it? We've still got that to look no, forward to yet. at no. the time of recording. Uh, but a few of you got back in touch uh, as excited as we were. Mike Jones suggested uh, perhaps that she serves all her dishes on a 12-inch plate. Uh, Simon R. said he's hoping for the best cooked breakfast since Gary Wilmot's wedding. Uh, and Russ Appleby sent us a delightful Greg Wallace meme uh, saying, we already know she can't microwave an apple turnover properly. And a little picture of Greg saying, it's hotter than the sun, which I really that, enjoyed. That really makes me laugh because he's smiling so much. <laughs> um, hoops at 
Hooper underscore B13 said, Lynn, she couldn't cook a cat. Let's hope she doesn't. Uh, and Dave Hughes at Dave underscore Hughes says, as is Don Littlewood, who won his BBC presenting slot in a raffle there, re- re-stirring the Don Littlewood pot that we've uh, visited before. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see uh, Felicity Montague on MasterChef, not least because whenever they have minor celebrities on MasterChef, they are constantly trying to work in references to what people know them for. So you can expect a lot of clunky partridge references to her, I would have thought. I also wonder if, um, you know, I, I don't usually watch the celebrity version, but I am a massive MasterChef fan. So sometimes there's a round where they have to cook something, cook a, di- cook a dish that means something to them. I wonder if at some point, if Felicity is asked to do the same thing, she will cook partridge. Yes. <laughs> or perhaps even a chocolate mousse. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also, I believe uh, congratulations are in order. Uh, congratulations to Mr. Alan Gordon Partridge, TV Quicks Man of the Moment ni- 1994, and now he has been voted by the Gold TV channel as Britain's greatest comedy character ever. So uh, that was a poll um, held a by... Poll? <laughs> <laughs> held by Gold TV, um, and uh, the top three, the podium was uh, uh, David Brent, and then we had uh, at number two, Nick's favourite, Del Boy, and uh, number uh, one, <laughs> and at number one was Mr. Alan Gordon Partridge. So, uh, congratulations to Alan. Um, they actually hashed that out over an entire series of programmes on Gold TV, I think. And um, I'm not saying that it was fixed, but Sally Phillips was one of the uh, judges or presenters <laughs> on that as well. So, I presume she's uh, she's thrown a couple of gold coins Partridge's way uh, when they it can came probably... to the voting. They can probably get her in to talk about quite a few things. She's been in so many things over the years. She's a bit of a catch-all for being able to talk about comedy. It could be like having Rebecca Front on it. She's done enough that she could talk probably about a lot of things that would appear in that um, in that uh, list. Well, that's a sterling endorsement for Alan if there ever was one. So that's kind of the latest in Alan news. So it's now time to turn to our own news. That's right. We told you a little bit about this last week. So it's high time to remind you of the details. Tomorrow night, we'll be hosting our first ever Alan themed virtual pub quiz. You can join us live at 8pm tomorrow on Facebook and YouTube to take part. So for clarity's sake, that's happening on Wednesday night, the 24th of June. If you're listening to this now and that date has been and gone, don't worry, we'll be keeping it online afterwards so you can play along at your leisure. So to play along, you just need to find us on YouTube. You can search for Monkey Tennis Podcast on YouTube to get us there or head over to our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash The Partridge Pod. So that's going to be live at 8pm. We want to see as many of you getting involved as possible and we'll be online with you. Use the hashtag hashtag Alan Partridge fan quiz and keep us updated on your scores you can play along as a team or play along versus your other Partridge loving pals the choice is yours whilst you're playing along we want to see your ladyboy chasers the big Toblerones the chocolate oranges the cups of beans your best sports casual your best tie and blazer combination maybe a shitty zombie or two we want to see all those sort of things whilst you're playing along keep us updated with how you're doing with your scores and send us your final scores on the night Uh, For those of you that play along on Wednesday, we're going to pick one of the top scorers at random to win a critically reviewed Monkey Tennis prize winners combination fun pack. I think, Nick, you're going to run through the details of what's in that pack for us. Uh, Yep, so your fun pack uh, will include a torch, a curly whirly, a book of stamps, a free digital watch with denim strap, a Vodka miniature, a Bic style razor and a copy of the Daily Express. Who wouldn't want to win that? Yeah, if that is an incentive to actually nail the quiz, I don't know what is. Absolutely, I know I would, even if just for the paper. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm actually quite keen to quiz you on it, Nick, and see what you can actually remember. 
What, on the Daily Express or the quiz? <laughs> Either or. <laughs> so since our last episode, we've had a, uh, another bank holiday, and you know what that means. Yes, it's time for our new regular feature, What Would You Do With a Celebrity on a Bank Holiday? I'm going to throw to Tom Dark to get us started. Andrew Lines says, It's an Easter egg hunt with Richard Dawkins. Chicken Crackling says, I'd take my friend Bill Oddie to Wookie Hole Visitor Centre for a stiff talking to over a recent rucksack incident, but then make everything alright again with a stonking lamb lunch buffet under hot lamps. Wonderful stuff. John Turner, visiting Keswick Pencil Museum with Carol Decker, then an all-you-can-eat Tobery Carvery. Uh, Marcus Whitehead says, I'd go for a 20-mile hike in Devon with Peter Capaldi, then afterwards we stop off at a country pub for scampi and chips. Lovely. Whoa. Howard Eccles says, I'd like to visit the Wensydale Creamery with the lovely Sarah Lancashire, followed by a pint of real ale at the Tan Hill Inn. Lovely stuff. Danny Hawkins, I'd like to wander around Pennywell Farm with Rob Brydon. Then we go back to Plymouth for fish and chips by the harbour. Uh, has anyone been to Pennywell Farm? Oh yeah, Pennywell Farm is brilliant. They do miniature pig racing. Like You can go and uh, hold miniature pigs, pet donkeys, pet yep. little, uh, little animals. It's brilliant. Tom and I have been there. I don't know where you you two were, but yeah. (laughs) We were just getting hammered on our own. I used to live down the road from Pennywell Farm. Went there on school trips. Shout out Pennywell Farm. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, unless you've been banned, Adam, all of us uh, would basically be up for uh, attending uh, that with you, Danny Hawkins. It sounds like a lot of fun. Ian Derry, I would go to Bannam Zoo with Kate Garraway and feed the emu, plural, then pull into a nice country pub for a pint of directors and whatever the lady's having. Uh, Matt McClellan says, oh, it's got to be, it's got to be relaxing with Tom Stav in the garden, listening to old episodes of your show, <laughs> to, to which we suggested that perhaps Matt might be the crank caller. I haven't actually gone through this and read that. That's actually quite weird. <laughs> uh, Pete Laws says, I'd go looking at show homes with Carol Smiley and stop at Harvester for an all day breakfast. Richie McHugh, canoeing on Loch Lomond with Ringo Starr, followed by a vegan barbecue on the beach. In fact, that's a terrible idea. Bye. <laughs> Peter Norris, I'd go potholing with Andrea Bocelli. Uh, Simon Dueck says, I'd spend it trapped at home with my wife and child. <laughs> Leo Belchez says, self-isolating in Swatham with Susanna Reid. Easy Lovely. for me to say. Says Valentine, uh, says, bog jumping with Ainsley Harriet. Ian Collins, some campanology with Angela Rippon. And not satisfied with one submission, Ian Collins again saying wood turning with Carol Thatcher. <laughs> Stephen Lloyd says a walk through the Yorkshire Dales with Sheridan Smith, followed by afternoon tea at Betty's in Harrogate. Robin Carfoot adds, I go to the Saving Banks Museum near Dumfries with Falella Benjamin before a packed lunch in a lay-by near the A75. Bye. Paul Sheridan writes, I'd take a trip to Wookie Hole with the lovely Susan George, followed by some delicious cheese and cider on a picnic blanket for two on one of the ample picnic areas nearby. Of course, the good thing is that the outdoor air will help get rid of some of the cheese odours, which one would associate with fresh cheese. Michael Guy Perry says, I'd like to tackle Longleat Hedge Maze with Kate Humble. If anyone can crack it, she's your man. Followed by a hammock plowman's and a big fat shot of director's bitter in the nearest beef eater. I've got a two-for-one voucher that needs using up so it could even stretch to a dessert and eight brackets small coffee from Bichester Services on the drive home. Superb. Bister, surely that's Bister. Bister, sorry. Mmm, <laughs> Bister. <laughs> William Carroll writes, he'd love to regrout the ensuite shower tray with the inimitable Alan Titchmarsh and afterwards enjoy an episode of Morse whilst Titch prepares dinner. 
I love the nickname of Titch. That's yeah, brilliant. That Great addition there. Uh, and Dean Tonner simply says, bog snorkelling with Fiona Bruce. So we've had bog snorkelling and bog jumping, right? Yeah. We have. With, with Ainsley Harriet and Fiona Bruce. What a day out. I think we've also had multiple trips to Wookie Hole Caves as well. I'm noticing a pattern emerging. <laughs> Uh, John Paul Wilmer says watching bedknobs and broomsticks eating a beef pot noodle with Annika Rice on the DFS corner couch we just bought from the local retail park Mark Walker Photo says competing in an online socially distant pub quiz with Louis Theroux I'd assume his quizzical nature would have meant he's picked up some general knowledge gems through the years Birch underscore Scott which I assume is Scott Birch writes on a zoom chat about dry stone walling with Bob Carroll G's and a tin of burgers with onion gravy straight from the can because I can uh, Spaggy Hoops writes um, Creosoting the garden fence with Dave Benson Phillips Simple but just feels right <laughs> Kenneth Wilson says Weeding the back garden with PJ or Duncan Followed by a simple barbecue of chicken wings And cans of cider Cider dependent on whether it's PJ or Duncan oh, Very topical and close to the bone there Kenneth <laughs> uh, Michelin says Enjoying a heated debate about which is the best Charlie via socially distant CB radio with Chris Akabusi. I say Charlie Drake, Akabusi continues to argue it's the 70s perfumery brand. But who's right? <laughs> Mitford sister doesn't really get the idea here and just contributes something we've all heard before. I'd like to go around Legoland with Sean Connery. Uh, Cacophony X, I believe I pronounced that right, uh, says browsing the Screwfix website over Skype with Peter Gabriel after a brief but intense unexpected encounter with Claudia Winkleman in the middle aisle of Little. <laughs> Great. And finally for this section, Sly Fox One says, mowing the grounds at the local old people's home with Gary Barlow. I do it for charity. Gary likes to keep his half. <laughs> it's brilliant. brilliant. Very good. More of those later. That is a fantastic list, so thank you to everyone that wrote in. Uh, next up, we've got uh, a bit of detail on the World Cup of Allen that we ran, which... Um, Basically, it was our kind of little fun Twitter poll game to find out uh, what all our fans and listeners, what their favourite uh, Alan Partridge output over the years was. And um, we got uh, over 2,700 votes. We've got 2,730 votes across the World Cup, which I think is pretty uh, pretty great, really. Uh, thank you, everyone who voted. All you um, have to do is starve people of actual televised sports and they will <laughs> turn to the World Cup of Alan. <laughs> So yeah, the, the the World Cup of Allen took place over the course of a couple of weeks, and I really I really think it was the final that everyone expected. Uh, I'm Alan Partridge, Series One versus I'm Alan Partridge, Series Two, and Series One won by a landslide with seventy five percent of the vote. Um, Mid Morning Matters Series One came third, and Alpha Papa interestingly came fourth. Um, the closest out of all of these votes was the, actually the quarterfinal between Alpha Papa and uh, Scissor Dial, which Alpha Papa won fifty-two percent to forty-eight percent. Everything else was quite quite obvious what the, the 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 winner was, but that was the closest one. So yeah, thanks for everyone who voted and got involved in that. It was great to see. And I think yeah, basically, I think we could have predicted at the beginning that I'm Alan Partridge Series One and Two would have been in the final, and the uh, I'm Alan Partridge Series One would have won the whole thing. So maybe the whole thing was completely pointless in the first place. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm inclined to agree because I don't think was anybody surprised with the kind of the final results really the, I mean to be honest I thought in, in terms of the final no but it was interesting to see what everyone else thought of other things there were people saying I can't believe Nomad's been knocked out it's great why haven't more people heard it stuff like that so I think it was more interesting for the lesser known yeah. properties to see how they did it was good to see that Mid Morning Matters Series 1 came third because you know we all know that from doing the podcast that it's it's great 
Uh, if you'd like to dig back through the fixtures and fittings of the World Cup of Allen, it's all uh, on our Twitter timeline, uh, twitter.com slash thepartridgepod. Um, recently, we turned our attention to Open Books, the uh, special uh, that Alan did a while ago, um, and we had a few bits of feedback on that. Uh, a couple of them on the same similar topic. Uh, Steve Noggs said, I'm confused. Is there also an ever-decreasing circles theme in the mix here? And John Phillips on Facebook said, minor point, the name Martin Bryce, the presenter of Open Books, is almost certainly a nod to the lead character of influential 80s sitcom ever decreasing circles uh i mean this is one i don't know about anyone else i hadn't spotted this but uh again i probably wasn't watching many sitcoms in the 80s so uh it's it went over my head i i do vaguely remember vaguely vaguely remember it but i mean not for detail that i would have remembered the lead character was called martin bryce so if that was like an extra gag that was straight over my head yeah same because uh, yeah well, it was it was on air was it 80 84 to 89, starring Richard Briers. So, yeah, I vaguely remember a bit of Richard Briers and uh, Penelope Wilson, I think it was. Um, but, yeah, the character names, not a chance. Well, well spotted then, Steve on Twitter and John on Facebook. Uh, Oliver Shaw said of Open Books, it's one of my favourite ever partridges. The way he behaves as a guest is a fantastic mirror back to the things that annoyed him as a presenter in Knowing Me, Knowing You. Uh, very good point there, Oliver. And Adrian Babister said, uh, glad you mentioned the similarity with the presenter of Open Books and Psychic Simon. I watched this for the first time last month and his voice and mannerisms reminded me of Psychic Simon so much, I actually checked IMDb to see if it was Tim Key in disguise. <laughs> uh, Jeff Gomez added, I found this special to be super effective and enjoyable like the little bit about the twins uh, having come separately felt slightly brilliant hinting at all kinds of strangeness and discord plus Coogan's readings of the book were amazing and caused me to buy the audiobook for both of them uh, MJM50 adds one of the best pieces of partridge in my humble opinion uh, and finally on open books Birds and the Broads said I dismissed this when I first watched it I'd love places of my life but I think this just went over my dadlander's head uh, with some of the gags repeated on the pod were brilliant need to buy that runny DVD and rewatch it so thank you to all of you for your thoughts on open books Thanks, Adam. We also had some uh, nice feedback about the uh, monkey tennis theme on this series. Uh, Adrian Bavister wrote, It needs to be said that uh, at the Partridge Pod do such a first-class job at compiling quotes for the different series intro, loving the radio one. And Neil Rook wrote, Had a bet with my mate about what sound bites you would use on the new series. I said Conrad Knight Socks and Smelly Allen Partridge. And he said, Bernie, tell us a joke about Jews and what's your favourite car? Needless to say, I had the last laugh. So just a bit of a behind-the-scenes insight for the listeners here um obviously what we're nine series in now so we've had at least nine different versions of the theme what we tried to do is incorporate quotes from the series that we're talking about uh when i first made the theme for series one nick thought it was something i just happened to find on google i was amazed when you had uh, found that online that's the thing that i think i found so impressive that there was something so neatly wrapped it, up. Something exactly what we that needed. The show. A, about a minute long, using the theme that we wanted and incorporating quotes of what we're going to talk about. Exactly. It's amazing what you can find on the internet, isn't it? Nick and Adam, we've certainly never seen Tom ever put one of these themes together. So there is actually no evidence of him actually doing it. So he it's could be finding it on Google. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, have you tried finding them on Google? Oh, I don't need to. I, I know they're no. there. No, you're, you're <laughs> yeah. in charge of finding them on Google. <laughs> I'm head, head of Googling for a new theme. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, it is. It, it, just to say, it is always a bit of a highlight when the new theme comes in and we have a listen to it. Because uh, to be fair to Tom, he does nail it first time pretty much. 
Yeah, well, excellent it, Googling. It's f- first, time, <laughs> first time for you guys, not necessarily the first time for me. There might be a few edits before you get to hear them. <laughs> we also had some more uh, general feedback on Knowing Me, Knowing You, which I'm going to cover off. So first off, um, we had a note from John Ratton, uh, who wrote, I was struck by how young you all were when this came out. Uh, one of the things that uh, my mates and I loved was the satire because it ripped the piss out of all the cheesy chat shows on at the time that we were subjected to. It was so refreshing and shone a light on all the crap TV. Um, so yeah we've obviously already kind of discussed that we were a little bit younger when this came out and we hadn't seen it kind of um, when this first went out um i think tom you mentioned that you didn't see it until was it 2000 2001 it's the radio show we're talking about don't forget (laughs) consumed it whatever yeah um yeah well i think that's basically the thing like he's saying that struck by how young we all were at the time so yeah obviously none of us listened to these shows on original broadcast and i think i was the first one that heard them and that was still in 2001 so, yeah, n- nowhere near 92, 93. Yeah. Um, Edward uh, Emerson also got in touch to say, got to say, I was amazed that only one of you had listened to these before. Hashtag, it's not your job that's on the line. Um, Jamie Parkins uh, adds, uh, the best Alan content by far. So much of what we love about him and the Partridge universe are seeds planted here, peerless. Uh, Stuart Filmer uh, says, did you notice a similarity with Adam Wells bringing his copy of The Smiling Bicycle of Amsterdam and Keith Hunt bringing in the newspaper clipping about the minibus, both played by Patrick Marber too? That's a really good uh, spot. I, did, I yeah. hadn't thought about that. I hadn't thought of that either. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, Birds in the Broads uh, writes to say, I was loving the intensity in this episode, chaps. Are you all OK? Uh, was it Nick who said something like, it was nearly not funny uh, when referring to the spoof doc? Brilliant line. Great to see my uh, work really being recognised there. Uh, that's, no, no, uh, Nick, you've missed nice out two key hashtags in that message there, though, haven't you? That's hashtag the end plant of the one on a hashtag old fuck off Nick. <laughs> Yeah, I, I take that back. Um, we should probably cut that message out because that's just disrespectful. <laughs> and, Jed, and Jed, plain cut painful that out. to me. <laughs> Although the waters are muddy further when you realise I think it was me that said that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. 95, summary, 95 episodes on and no one can tell the difference. <laughs> yeah, I do love that. It's, it's been four years and no one knows. Um, so do, does that mean we need to start a new hashtag? Hashtag just sack Adam. Yeah. Or, or we can tell Adam to fuck off. You can certainly give it a go. I'll see you in Strasbourg. (laughs) Right, let me just check my notes. Whom are we talking about next? Whom? Whom? We're talking about Simon, the child prodigy. So uh, we've got a few, uh, well, a couple of correspondence about, uh, about Simon. Matt Danger 75 says, The Child Prodigy interview is one of my favourite Partridge things ever. Absolutely hilarious. Sideways, squinting, laughing, crying emoji. And Barbara Kirk says, I guess that Simon might also be on the autism spectrum. I'd read about children on the spectrum being described as little professors for seeming to know a lot about a particular thing. Also see uh, Sheldon Cooper's obsession with trains in The Big Bang Theory. Uh, I've been handed one of the most exciting topics uh, to cover <laughs> in terms of your feedback. It's the orders that the episodes went out. It's what everyone's been waiting for. Radio. Uh, because we did talk a little bit about, uh, depending where you where you refer to the series, you do get episodes in different orders. Uh, Adrian Bavister says, thinking about the episode's orders, 135246, this is a pattern. I wonder if they had cassette tapes with one episode per side and listened to all the A-sides first, then the B-sides. This is the people who are compiling every mm. word. Uh, Matt Dave to 75 again says, I have 
have the three CDs in a box set, it always really annoyed me that the episodes are clearly in the wrong order. Uh, and Tom Burbridge adds, I bought the series on Apple audiobooks and the episodes are in the order you're reviewing them in. And so I guess mirrors the Radio 4 broadcast order. So, uh, yeah, they have been shuffled around over the years. I mean, I'd like to think it would be insane that they'd be compiling a transcript and going through all the A-sides first and then the B-sides of, like, original tapes or something, but then there are so many mistakes. This is what happens when you hand important work to a BBC intern. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, speaking of uh, transcript errors and uh, every ruddy word, uh, Darren Evans got in touch saying, like you, I'd always assumed they transcribed every ruddy word from the shows rather than the original scripts. After your Carly slash Collie discussion in that episode, my thinking is they got an intern at Pear Tree Publishing to do it. (laughs) <laughs> it would explain the, it the, yep. the new Lisa perhaps yeah <laughs> but, uh, Nick I think you've got the next feedback section where we're talking about some big name celebrities here Tony Blackburn <laughs> Keith Chegwin Jed Shepard <laughs> Yep, um, absolutely. Uh, three big hitting names. Um, so first <laughs> off, we had a note in from Richard Payne, who said, um, regarding Tony Blackburn's autobiography, I was working at a branch of Waterstones when the book came out and Black- Blackburn came in to do a midweek afternoon signing. There were more people in his entourage than customers who came in for a copy. Oh dear, how embarrassing. Um, and then Miss Kapowski then writes in uh, to congratulate us on a fine episode. Thank you. Um, and also adds uh, that they weren't aware about the death of Keith Chegwin and says it must have been a busy year. And I think it was you, Tom Stab, who were uh, also not aware that uh, sadly Keith was no longer with us. I'm still um, not over it. Yeah, indeed. It's, it's a big loss, to be fair. And then finally, um, Magnificent Pagan Beast uh, <laughs> adds that Jed has visited Vegas on 14 occasions. Obviously, a serial bigamist. Well, Magnificent <laughs> Pagan Beast, there's so much more. So many hidden bodies. And uh, Jed would be on the episode. Yeah, Jed would be on the episode now, but I think he's um, currently on the run. We, we hope he'll be back soon. Stay safe, Jed. I think he's on a flight to Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> 15, 15 times the charm. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. (laughs) 
sticking with Knowing Me, Knowing You Radio, Ollie B got in touch with us and said, question to the group, was this line by Clarkson or a Top Gear writer? It has to be a deliberate nod to Alan slash Steve. So um, I didn't know, before I, before um, uh, clicking on this link, I was like, I've got no idea what this is about. Um, what we're going to do now is we're going to play a little clip in of BBC's uh, flagship car programming show, Top Gear, and see if you think this is a deliberate nod to the Partridge universe. With our romper suits on, we lined up for the 10-lap race. I cannot believe I'm in a race with Olivier Panis, France's second best racing driver. There you go. So uh, Jeremy Clarkson on Top Gear with France's second best (laughs) racing driver. Do you reckon that's a nod to to, to Partridge there? I reckon uh, it's probably not, to be honest. And actually that you know, closest to a real-life partridge mm. is Clarkson, essentially. So, no, I don't <laughs> think it's intentional. I think it's that, it's isn't it? it? It's kind of art imitating life, life imitating art. It's kind of who is Clarkson, who is Alan. They are basically the same person. Well, I mean, obviously, the, the thing we, we've never really talked about this, obviously, in the original, um, original incarnation of Top Gear with Clarkson, he obviously ripped off and on that bombshell from Alan anyway. So, yeah, so yeah there's definitely some kind of cyclical exchange going on there of the the partridge clarkson universe a kind of uh, yeah horrific two-headed beast of middle-aged white men <laughs> <laughs> another bit of know me knowing you radio feedback came from freya who said uh, when alan refers to quick fit fitters in his list of condemnations is he actually referring to lady lesbians think on uh this is a question i don't want to touch with anyone's barge pole uh i can't work out if this is thinly veiled homophobia or just some sort of innuendo or whether she's actually entirely accurate and that is what alan how alan would refer to lesbians i do not know yeah i've i'm, I'm clueless with that if if that's a turn of phrase it's certainly not one i've heard before probably time to move on we'll keep with the know me knowing you radio feedback trubshaw one on twitter wrote the pettiest thing i feel about the episode with sherlock holmes is that it does not make sense it really annoys me in the fiction moriarty didn't kill holmes as the character was to return watson writes the adventures so he can record the circumstances of holmes's death Ah, yeah, I like it when someone's clearly uh, a, a real fan of the source and is irked to such a degree to write to us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what can we do about it? it? I think it's fair. I think it's especially fair on this this occasion because the whole point that the the writers mm. of Partridge were making was how irritating it is that Alan gets it wrong. So for them to get it wrong about him getting it wrong, I think I think Trubshaw one, you're entirely entitled to tweet us, yeah. as we are entirely entitled to be powerless to do anything about it. But thanks for letting us know. That's exciting. We've had uh, a couple of uh, correspondents on a subject that I think I and probably most of the Partridge community are particularly passionate about. So Daniel Wilson starts us off by saying just a quick pedantic uh, Partridge suggestion. Well, Daniel, you have come to the right place. He says, surely Draclia isn't Alan getting it wrong. Isn't it a Partridge portmanteau of Dracula and Christopher? as in Lee. Uh, Lee played Dracula in several uh, Hammer Horror films and, as Alan points out, famously filmed in Karen Coleman, Coleman's Mustard, Coleman's House. Uh, I've yet to think of any uh, excuse for Nesquilk, though. <laughs> Although, surely, is that not Nesquik and Milk? Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah so maybe the, all of these That's... are portmanteaus, uh, you know, as, as well as being incorrect pronunciation. I, I'd still say it's inexplicable, but potentially, Daniel, you have uh, cracked... Um, the reason as to as to why uh, these are here, we just 
don't really understand what purpose it serves. It may not be a deliberate portmanteau. It might be because he's thinking about Dracula and thinking about Christopher Lee. So then the two words have got garbled as he's speaking. Um, for those of you that listened to last week's episode uh, about uh, from the Oast House, uh, I would say that Daniel here is about as close to a solid gold uh, watertight theory as Alan is to a lucrative film idea. <laughs> some, some way to go, but there's a kernel there. Harsh. Okay, well, I'll see what you think of Stuart uh, Filmer's um, thoughts on it. As he writes, I think the Dracula reference is like a nod to Alan's inner child, thinking of his school days, as a lot of kids would have also said Skellington instead of Skeleton. Uh, They said both at my junior school in the 70s. Thanks, bye. What do you have to say about that, Adam? <laughs> I don't think there's even the kernel of an idea there. That If that, if that, <laughs> if that, uh, if that message was an Alan film idea, it would literally, it would just be Bruce Willis in a car. <laughs> he wouldn't even have filled out the detail of the woman on the road or the fact she's got a blanket on. That is, that is the Instagram message equivalent of Bruce Willis in a car. Sorry, Stuart, it's bad news. <laughs> You're not through to the next round. It's time to talk twock. And Paulie G has emailed saying, uh, no, no, twock is not a Geordie word. I worked for the police. It stands for taking without consent and is the term used for vehicle theft. Twocking is used all over the UK, but most won't have heard of it unless you're A, involved with criminal justice or a criminal. So um, this is... uh, uh, Twocking, which Alan says is a Newcastleian word, which uh, we've had quite a few people saying um, is not necessarily the case. And that's backed up. Um, I wasn't originally going to read this next one, but uh, you'll see in the first sentence that there's there's a bit of gravitas added added to it. And I wonder if this uh, I wonder if this person is uh, is the only one of these that listens to monkey tennis. <laughs> so Paul Leg messaged us on Facebook saying, "Just listening to the most recent podcast, and as a criminal defence lawyer." Ooh. I thought I'd get in touch about the origin of twock. Whilst I cannot comment on the beginnings of its use in the northeast or northwest, I know twock to be, be to be the abbreviated name on section 12, paragraph 1 of the Theft Act of 1968, which creates the offence of taking any con- uh, conveyance other than a pedal bike without the consent of the owner. This offence was brought in primary to deal with people stealing cars for joyriding, so I reckon it all started from there. Whilst I'm writing, I'm also interested in the fact that Steve Coogan managed to argue exceptional hardship to keep his driving licence on the basis that Alan Partridge is so inextricably linked to cars that it was was inconceivable to think that he would not use a car to travel and the loss of his licence would therefore lead to cancellation of the show and members of the production company losing their jobs. That's the longest sentence I've ever read in my entire (laughs) life. (laughs) I'm losing confidence halfway through it. That is missing some punctuation, isn't it? Yeah. Any prosecutor familiar with the APU would surely have questioned Coogan on the basis that Alan Partridge wrote an entire book based on a cross-country walk he undertook. Yes, and I wouldn't want to land Steve or anyone else in any trouble, but there was a lot of talk about uh, a new series based very heavily on him driving, uh, and so far we've had an entirely audio podcast announced. We've had a second uh, series of studio-based show this time announced, uh, and no mention of the uh, of the driving-related program, program that got him off the band. Although to be fair, in current world circumstances, it may be that plans have just been put on ice for the time being, in which case, why not use this opportunity to enjoy a lengthy driving ban? <laughs> I, also, I also think Coogan could probably quite easily argue back at the uh, the 
the basis that Alan wrote a book based on a cross-country walk, therefore driving not being so key, because as we discussed the other week, it's quite, well, as we know, Alan actually doesn't like walking, so he could argue that's not a key character. And there's mounting evidence that that walk in Nomad never took place either. Possibly never even happened, yes. (laughs) Regular contributor Adrian Bavister has uh, dropped us his very own A to Z of Alan. You'll remember on a recent episode we attempted to compile one ourselves. Uh, So we're going to do a quick fire round, A to Z, all of these things relating to something in the APU, starting with Mr. Tom Dark. A is for Alpen, brackets, big bowl of. B is for Boasters, the biscuit, not the people. C is for Chocolate Orange. D is for Dundee Cake, brackets, mashed. E is for Eggs, brackets, hot. Uh, F is for Fungal Foot Powder. G is for Ginster's Pasty. H is for Hot Floppy Bread. I is for Irish Coffee. J is for Jack Daniels slash Johnny Walker. K is for Kenko. L is for Long Mars Bar, brackets Sonia's Choice. M is for Mushroom Slice. N is for Nesquilk, uh, brackets Strawberry. O is for Onion, brackets Mysteries. P is for Pringles, <laughs> brackets Pipe Off. Q is for Queen Single, brackets Killer Queen, or Quavers <laughs> slash Quaver Dust. R is for Ruby Grapefruit Juice. S is for Sunny Delight. T is for Tungsten Tip Screws. U is for U2 album, brackets, The Joshua Tree, or Ukrainian Girlfriend. V is for Victorian Dog. (laughs) W is for Windscreen Washer Fluid. X is for X-Files Box Set, brackets, It's Like the X-Files, but a Pleasant X-Files. Y is for Yellow Stuff in Tins. And Z is for, (laughs) this is impressive, uh, Z60, brackets, Monofeed Photocopier. Never before in my life have I seen such a generous use of brackets, but by God, it was needed to get through that list successfully. <laughs> so thanks again to uh, Adrian. Um, I mean, basically at this point, Adrian should probably be on payroll. He's written to us so many times, but uh, <laughs> the uh, contributions are always welcome. Right, guys, it's time for some questions to the group. We've had a few come in over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'll start you with this one from Zurich Pub Quiz on Twitter, who writes, Given Eamon Holmes' outburst this week, uh, do we think Alan would also go with his 5G deep state conspiracy theory? So this was, I guess, maybe a couple of months ago now, actually. Uh, Eamon Holmes kind of went off on a bit of a rant about uh, 5G conspiracy theories connected to the coronavirus. So, yeah, they're basically asking, do we think Alan would uh, buy into the conspiracy theory side of things? Absolutely. Think? I I think actually he probably wouldn't, but what I do think uh, he would do is have a a disregard for social distancing. So I think he wouldn't uh, abide by that. I don't think he'd quite go to the lengths of five uh, G, but I do think he wouldn't take social distancing uh, seriously. Yeah, come 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 to think of it, um, whatever uh, Eamon Holmes is saying at this point, Alan will probably disagree with because remember he does say Big Ames is in a bad place. That's true, and he wasn't wrong. Um, (laughs) I'm conflicted. I think I think he could fall on either side of this. We know that he's quite fearful of what happens when China happens, Um, uh, but I don't really see him going about uh, vandalising masts. I think perhaps he might tuck disapprovingly at one. But also, I expect Five G has the prospect of speeding up his connection to pornography or perhaps improving the state of the internet in regional business centres. So for that reason, I think he'd probably be a fan of 5G. I think it depends who he's with at the time the conversation is happening. So I think if he's in a room with Eamon and Eamon's saying 5G causes coronavirus, Alan's saying, yes, I agree. I think 
in reality, well, in the reality of the APU. To be honest, Alan probably, he does know a bit about technical stuff, or at least he's read up on Wikipedia. So I think the reality being, isn't 5G essentially just like radio waves that aren't very different to how radio is broadcast? It's not actually dangerous. So he'd probably know the reality of it. So I think he wouldn't actually go along with it, unless he was in the room with Eamon, because he's a big lad and he might be scared. <laughs> uh, our next question then comes from Sean Millard who writes sorry I'm a new listener have you ever listened to the commentary on series one of I'm Alan Partridge the Lynn and Allen commentary they state that the series is based on true events but were reshot just want to know if you've ever mentioned this thank you love the podcast now I think we when we did the first series on I'm Alan Partridge I think did we not split up listening to all the different DVD commentaries and things like that I, d- I remember we definitely split up the commentary mm. duty on Knowing Me, Knowing You, the TV show. I don't think I've ever watched I'm Alan Partridge with commentaries, I don't think. I was going to add that I think that that is the case because actually when we started, we obviously pretty much started with that series and I think the level of investigation was probably not quite what it is now. So potentially this is an area that we haven't really covered or looked at. I think I've de- I definitely read about the fact that um alan and lynn do that commentary in character but i'm not sure if i've actually listened to it in its entirety but i know that that kind of that does kind of tie in with the the conceit that they tried to launch i'm alan partridge with in terms of trying to make out like it was a bit of a fly on the wall type thing so vaguely aware but if i don't think we've discussed it in any depth in the podcast uh but now we are now a little bit although (laughs) Uh, in depth probably not (laughs) Nick, are you saying that we started off as amateurs, but now we've basically evolved into the cook report, but with a more slapstick approach? (laughs) (laughs) That's what the reviews on iTunes seem to suggest. (laughs) Uh, Right, third question to the group here before we move on then from Andrew Storm, uh, who writes, a mini subject for a future podcast, which is happening now, which comedy show, uh, which is out now, will remain in the public imagination and make a future podcast in 15 years' time? Uh, he, He suggests... Mrs. Brown's Boys. So I think he's basically asking, what comedy is out now? What is a modern, recent comedy that is going to be upheld as a classic in 15 years' time that would be worthy of the podcast treatment? What do we think about that? Any any ideas? I've, I've got one for this. Um, the thing is, you want to pick something that I think is quite cult, because these days, if you have something that's a big property, a big BBC or ITV property it tends to have its own accompanying podcast done mm-hmm. by the, the people that make it. So something that's quite cult, something that maybe not many people have seen, but over the years will probably be reassessed as to being a bit of a classic. I would love to see, assuming podcasts are still a thing in 15 years' time, maybe we could do a series on the Detectorists. Oh, I'd love yep. to do that. Can we just do that now? Do we have to wait 15 years? Yeah, we could just do that now. <laughs> Keen to rewatch. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd throw Staff Let's Flats in the mix. I think that's going to keep gaining an audience. Uh, it's got more legs and is very funny. Um, I mean, if you're talking comedy shows in the broader sense, I feel like probably the only one I can think of recently that has reached a kind of a, a sort of worldwide acclaim uh, out of the UK is probably something like Fleabag. So I would mm-hmm. put Fleabag in the in the mix as one that will probably be referred to as having changed how comedies work and was seminal for its time. That's good. That's good. I think, um, to my mind, I was thinking there's there's definitely over the last few years there's been this kind of new generation of mockumentaries from shows like People Just Do Nothing to This Country to um, Twenty Twelve uh, evolving into W One A. So I I feel like 
those are all genius shows. Obviously, this country does have a podcast that covers it already. Um, but I feel like those ones will stand the test of time in terms of they're definitely very funny, but also a very kind of telling snapshot of kind of like the UK at a certain time. So I think they they would still have long running repeat repeat watch value. Mm, nice. Um, or just Benidorm. No, never ben, never Benidorm. So you, just to be clear, Nick, you're saying Benidorm is a classic comedy that people will be keen to discuss in 15 years' time. No, I said the words Benidorm. You've given that summary <laughs> of uh, the words Benidorm. I think, so, I, think uh... they, I think they'll possibly be discussing it in 15 years' time, going, what the fuck were we thinking when this was put out? <laughs> Who watched this shit? Nick. <laughs> So we've had a, um, I was going to say a letter, I assume it's an email, from an American correspondent called Cyrus. Um, And they write to say, I'm an American from Chicago here. Uh, I just found your podcast and I'm liking it a lot. Uh, I just listened to episode 55, uh, which uh, was us covering mid-morning matters. Um, Series 2, episode 4, and I have an observation. I'm pretty sure the woman who sings Pumped Up Kicks... uh, with is a recurring caller who goes back to I'm Alan Partridge series two. She's also the woman who talks about what our bodies will look like in a billion years. Uh, brackets Harry Mary. She calls a few times in that series and a couple of times in Mid Morning Matters. She's a caller who consistently fascinates Alan, which makes his statement that he will always talk to her all the more poignant. Alan often claims that his callers love slash need him, but this is the first time we actually see that. If I'm wrong about this, which I definitely could be, she's at least the same actor. Uh, Amelia Bullmore. Uh, anyway, these aren't my words. They're the words of Top Gear magazine. Um, yeah, a very good point, I think, Cyrus. Thanks for that. Um, I like the idea that the Partridge archivist that we believe exists, at least on, <laughs> at least on a, a, a freelance part-time basis, uh, is threading the same caller through multiple shows. And yes, Amelia Bullmore uh, also, if I'm not mistaken, played Sonia. So it all ties together quite nicely. I mean, I, I, I have to say, I think, Cyrus, I think you are bang right. I, I think that's a really uh, shrewd observation. It's quite a small detail that I think a lot of people uh, probably wouldn't have picked up on. I mean, we definitely hadn't until reading this. But um, yeah, I, I think you've nailed it. So last week, we obviously started talking about uh, From the Oast House, which is the first episode of the Allen podcast, uh, which is going to be available on Audible in full from uh, from September, um, from the beginning of September. But uh, they put out an episode uh, recently as a little taster. And uh, one of the ways we were instructed to, uh, to be able to listen to it was to uh, go to your Alexa device and uh, say, read From the Oast House. Now... Quite a few people got in touch with us when this news broke that the episode was available who were struggling to get their Alexa to understand them or to, 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 to be able to play the first episode. So we had Rory O'Donnell who said, been trying all morning, still can't get it. Nearly as bad as trying to get tickets for Inception over the phone. <laughs> um, I quite like that. That's a nice little partridge yeah, connection. there. That's great. Uh, and Scribbler81 says, does this work from the Android app on mobiles as well or only a proper Alexa device? I've spent the last hour shouting from the Oast house at my phone and it's ruining my day. Um, the Partridge fandom kicked in then to help out Scribbler81. Simon Young replied, said, I basically had to enunciate like a lord. Scribbler81 replied saying, I'm not joking. I literally just put on my best Lord voice like a proper fox hunting Tory shit in a tweed waistcoat calling for his serving wench. And it worked first time. Incredible. (laughs) 
Oh, that really amused me. Really, really amused, amused me. me. And that actually links perfectly back to a bit of Know Me Knowing You radio feedback we've had uh, over the time of doing this series as well. We had this voice note in, which also brings us another Alexa-based issue. Hello, Monkey Tennisers. It's Dave from Scotland, your regional correspondent uh, with a definitely a genuine accent. Um, how are you guys doing? Um, just thought I'd let you know about some weird phenomenon that I had when I played the second episode of Kimkawap radio version on my uh, Amazon Echo device. Um, now, I have trouble getting it to understand my slightly weird accent. Um, however, uh, when uh, the lawyer Nick Ford was rapping and he's going, Aris Macais, Aris Macais, Aris Macais, and on the very last Aris Macais, um, my Alexa thought I was saying Alexa to her. So she understood Nick Ford, but she didn't uh, She didn't understand me most of the time. So that was a very strange phenomenon. Um, but keep up the good work. Uh, hopefully you're getting bought lots of coffees. And uh, goodbye and aha. I'm Scottish. <laughs> there we go. Live from Scotland. I find that every time uh, that chap sends us a voicemail, he says, I'm from Scotland or I'm Scottish at the end, with the kind of weary enthusiasm of somebody who's only known for one catchphrase and is forced to keep shouting it. That's basically become his aha. <laughs> so we're winding to the end of this feedback episode and in fact the final episode of our current series uh, but if you do want to get in touch uh, and add your name to the uh, the hallowed gold list of people that we've read out today uh, you can get in touch on twitter it's twitter.com slash the partridge pod facebook.com slash the partridge pod instagram.com slash monkey tennis pod uh, with a partridge pod at gmail.com and the monkey tennis hotline if you'd like to leave a voicemail like the one you just heard is 07923 also if you've been enjoying our episodes and would like to shout us a cup of coffee maybe one to share between us or if you're feeling very generous one each we've got a Kofi page where you can do just that it's ko-fi.com slash monkey tennis uh, all support greatly appreciated so we thought we'd leave you uh, more or less as we started with a roundup of some of your very best uh, suggestions of what you'd like to do on a bank holiday with a celebrity it's a bank holiday what you doing who's with you here we go first one is from uh, Robert Fugnanger, who says he'd like to be attending a Find Love Online webinar hosted by Pete Gavitas, RIP. Simon Woolley says I'd watch the sunrise with Michaela Strachan from the top of whichever hill is closest to her place, then help her cultivate her potato bed until around 11 o'clock. I'd want expenses mind, probably just go for a walk after that. Uh, Mike Perry says uh, conducting an online readathon of the Daily Express. Oh, it's a good paper with Peter Shilton. It's taking a while though, as Peter hasn't updated his computer in donkey's years and he's struggling to install Zoom on Windows Vista. (laughs) (laughs) Alex Shaw says go karting with Jeremy Clarkson. Richard Hammond and James May aren't invited. Creepy Pasta Goblin says I'd visit the grounds of Bury St Edmunds Cathedral with Carol Vorderman and if someone were to mistake us for a couple she would chuckle borderly in that way middle-aged divorcees do Cole Harder TM says an amble around the Natural History Museum at Tring with noted taxidermy enthusiast Amanda Seyfried Mozman uh, writes I'd go to Babacum Model Village in Torquay with 80s goth rocker Susie Sue I've been there me too. Not with, Su- not with Susie, Susie Sue, though. They used to have a UFO that came up in the evenings when he went to Babacan Model Village. Ah, <laughs> oh, Torbay. Daniel Lee Ramers says, I'd like to spend the day at Nuki Zoo with Bill Oddie, which I did once back in 2014. Bye. 
Leave us on a cliffhanger there, Daniel. Please do get in touch with more details of your Bill Oddie encounter. Uh, Michael Asterisk, probably not his real surname, said, I'd like to go for a KFC with Richard Osman, and afterwards we'd go to Dartmoor Otter Sanctuary. I've also been to Dartmoor Otter Sanctuary. Uh, it's twinned with a butterfly farm. Devon fact there for you. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Tony Paul says, Lake Garda, Bag of Bricks, Edmunds. <laughs> Bit dark. <laughs> Well, if you think that was dark, uh, Russ Appleby goes on to write Melinda Messenger repopulating the earth. Thank you. What's dark about Paul- that? Sounds great. But doesn't it just mean G- a massive bonkathon? Paulie G says he'd like to put the kettle on, open a packet of chocolate digestives, and watch Boys in the Hood with the lovely Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Brilliant. Uh, Tom Lawrence says, taking into account the lockdown situation, I'd say have a full English breakfast by a video chat with Brian Blessed. I'd have to adjust the volume settings first, mind. <laughs> Samuel J. Crab 80 says, tour of the Morgan factory in Great Malvern with Nigel Havers, followed by a pint of the local ale in a country slash old man's pub. Ed Owen would like to go to the National Pencil Museum in Keswick with Fatima Whitbread, followed by a piece of ginger cake in Grasmere. Gavala says, I'd kill to have a walk around the Eddie Stobart plant with Daley Thompson. Uh, Davy Twittle says, I'd like to have a lazy morning visiting the National Piping Museum in Glasgow with Andy Peters, followed by a thermos of soup in the car park. Jack Tyndale writes, I'd like to go on the North Yorkshire Steam Railway with Susie Dent, and then we'd go and have fish and chips on the seafront at Whitby. Lovely. Uh, at Gab Undy or Gar Bundy um, would like to, uh, to responsibly and safely stay indoors, spending the day playing the Settlers of Catan with Andrew Marr. Simon Wilding says self isolating with Nigella. And he's left seven dots uh, <laughs> after the word Nigella, which is ominous and threatening. Uh, Marshall Nutt says, Duxford Air Show with Christopher Biggins, then Vicky Michelle would join us at an adjacent harvester for an early supper. Harvester's getting quite a lot of shout-outs here, isn't it? Uh, Matt Andre writes, attending the National Toboggan Convention in Little Barningham with Gary Kemp. Rilo Ken writes, dry slope tobogganing with Barbara Woodhouse. Double toboggan as well. Dave Hughes said he'd like to go to the Yorkshire Air Museum with the lovely Gabby Roslin. When I see a beautiful lady, I will often say, ooh, she's got the gift of the gab, meaning that they are a picture of beauty. I'd buy her an Airfix kit in the shop and we'd build it over a machine coffee. <laughs> uh, Ali Wolf is our second uh, Vorderman enthusiast, says, painting by numbers with Carol Vorderman, combining Carol's skills with maths and my hidden talents at art. <laughs> James Bancroft would like to go feeding the ducks with Alan Shearer, followed by an all-day breakfast at Nutsford Services. <laughs> Bye. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Krill Ensu, uh, I probably mispronounced that, so apologies. Um, but they would like to go uh, for pirate adventure golf on Hastings Beach uh, with Paul Chuckle, followed by tea and sandwiches for lunch in a local garden centre cafe. Aunt Shah says, Sue Cook, but I fear she'd pull out at the last minute. Unofficial fifth host and domineering correspondent Adrian Bavister adds, I'd like to go whitewater rafting with Deck from Anton Deck and or Ant from Anton Deck. If both unavailable, Warwick Castle, Seal. Superb. Uh, Sean Smith says he'd like to go for a curry with Roy Keane to see if he really is that angry all the time. Uh, Matt Black uh, says that he'd like to go on lockdown with Richard Hammond shooting the shit. Edward Emerson antiquing with Ian McShane in the future, maybe. Nice. Oh, very clever. Uh, Chris Fox says, retarmac my driveway with the efficient Gloria Hunniford. Jonathan Ballack tells us he would like to switch off my mobile phone, 
put my pager on mute and enjoy the stillness of the Norfolk countryside and go for a ramble around the Swaffern area with Una Stubbs. At Brain84 says, mountain climbing with Fern Britain followed by a leg of lamb. John Copeland says, pie and pea supper with Ray Reardon. Danny Pitt would like to go deep sea fishing with Stephen Tyler. And Ruddy Superb says, I'm going to pour myself a machine coffee, tuck into a big plate of sausages while listening to this morning. I like sausages. And finally, we have Connor O'Carroll who says, on this occasion, there is no one I wish to spend the bank holiday with. Thank you. Brilliant. Uh, fantastic. Thank, thanks so much. Uh, I, I swear every time we have a bank holiday, these get a little bit better. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, the locations get slightly more specific, a bit more regional, and the celebrities get just a little bit more past their prime. So uh, thanks it. everyone for sending those in. Um, as I said before, if you'd like to get in touch with us on Twitter uh, and Facebook, we're The Partridge Pod. On Instagram, we're Monkey Tennis Pod. It's thepartridgepod at gmail.com. The hotline is 07923 uh, If you'd like to shout us a coffee, it's ko-fi.com slash monkey tennis and if you want to join us for our very exciting alan partridge virtual pub quiz then you can do that on facebook or on youtube by searching monkey tennis uh, podcast and we'll be there at 8 p.m tomorrow if you're listening to this episode in good time that's wednesday the 24th of june otherwise it will be archived there for you to quiz at your leisure um so yes thank you so much for everybody who continues to listen to us and uh, support <laughs> us uh, we'll be back with a new series later in the year as we all know alan will be coming from the oast house and we'll be coming from podcast providers everywhere uh, so from all of us at monkey tennis the alan partridge fan podcast thanks so much for listening and goodbye thank you and very thank you aha damn back of the net monkey tennis in no way you big spastic you're a mentalist damn sorry that was just a noise monkey tennis i got uh, really drunk last night sick everywhere monkey tennis uh, minor criticism more distance between the eggs and the beans monkey tennis I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. You're like packing. Basically, beef tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Can I have a glass of water, please? Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. 
yahoofinance.com.